welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck, and be more confident at 30. Wow, it is so nice to be reunited with my podcast mic and to be broadcasting to you all after a nice two-month break. I have just returned from my digital nomad trip in Central America and I didn't take my microphone with me and therefore we've had a bit of a natural break to the podcast and I'm excited to get back to business. This week's episode is about a topic that in my opinion does not get enough airtime. It's all about friendships and it's kicking off a podcast series and lots of content in my business talking all about changing friendships in our 30s and how to make new friends, a topic that so many of you have reached out to me about and it's something that I know is relevant for all of us who are in groups of friends, who are on different timelines and doing different things at different times, which really happens when we turn 30. Today we have a guest interview and I'm really excited to introduce to you Louise Rumble. Louise was once a lawyer and then the founder of a six-figure marketing agency. She had a job that flew her all around the world and many people thought from the outside that she lived a pretty perfect life. However, behind closed doors, social media didn't show the truth. Experiencing childhood trauma, big career changes, perfectionism, overachieving and burnout substance abuse, sexual assault, disordered eating, and extreme heartbreak, Louise's teenage years and 20s were a bit of a shit show. After deciding enough was enough, Louise stepped into a therapy room which changed her life. Today, Louise is the founder of the Open House podcast, where she live streams therapy sessions with clinical psychologists. She has one mission, to pioneer next generation therapy without the price tag for a generation of happier, healthier humans. I sat down with Lou to talk all about turning 30 and changing friendships. Hi Lou and welcome to the Turning 30 podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. We've been trying to do this for so long and it's going to be amazing. I know, I'm so happy it's finally happened. I feel like we've been, you know, teasing each other with the collaboration (laughs) for a really long time and also the friendship thing. I know you're doing a month of friendship related content this month and also so am I. So it's a topic that so many of my clients and individuals in their 30s want to know more about. So I'm really excited and thank you for for coming on. I think what we'll do to start is just an intro because I know that we know about each other and we were just talking before this about how we're both in our 30s, we're both single, we're both you know living living the the 30-something single woman life. But I would love to just hear a little bit about about you and just let the audience get to know you a bit. Yes, absolutely. So hi everyone, my name is Louise. I am 33 years old. I live in London and I run a podcast called Open House. I'm also a brand marketing and content consultant for wellness brands. So what that means is I'm very busy. (laughs) My time is really limited. So we've got a lot to talk about today around that as well, I think. Uh, Like you said, I broke up with my boyfriend, wow, probably like a year and three months ago. Um, But it absolutely floored me, like totally. First ever breakup that absolutely just like knocked me for six. And so ever since then, it's just been a healing journey of reconnecting with myself, 
looking after myself and also trying to have some fun along the way, not only with romantic partners and some very sexy men, but also friends. Because like you, like you said, friendship is often so overlooked in the coaching therapy world. So I can't wait to get into it with you. Yeah. And I love what you just said. It's such a good point. And it's something that I've been thinking about actually a lot since my breakup. So I, I went through a big breakup. Wow. I keep saying 18 months, but I've been saying 18 months for a really long time. So <laughs> I'm like thinking how long it's been. And let's just say 20 months, something like this. Anyway, a while ago. And something that I just realized during this time of healing and that you said that kind of the self-discovery and the, the recovery after the breakup is how important friendships are. It was such a huge lesson and almost a really hard lesson learned. And maybe you had the same thing, but when I was in my relationship, we were together for almost four years. We lived together. And I think that it happens a lot, but I definitely, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily push, pushed friends away, but it was not a priority of mine. It wasn't something that was on my list of things to do. It was always like relationship first, career stuff, health, lifestyle. And like, oh yeah, my friends are just here. And when we went through the breakup, it was like, oh my God, friends are so important. And why why does this topic of friendship not get as much airtime, even a quarter of the airtime that relationships do? Totally. I think I'm also the same as you. You know, when I was in my 20s, I just worked so much. Like I was always working, building businesses, going out, exercising, socializing. And actually, I just came to this point where I realized, oh my goodness, I actually need to invest and nurture in friendships. And that sounds such an, a stupidly obvious thing to say, because like you said, we just expect that our friends will always be there. But what I realized is, to have the friends around me that could hold space for like the depth of the emotions that I was going through when things were bad, they're not your fair weather friends. They're not your in the club friends. You know, you have to nurture those friendships and build that vulnerability. And I didn't do that in my twenties. So I kind of swung between having loads of friends, like loads of very superficial friends. And then actually just being really lonely, like on the weekend when the work calmed down, when I was hungover. And so I actually was like, wow, I am going to invest in my friends in the way that I'm going to invest in something else. So yeah, love what you said there, really resonated with me. Wow. So when you went through the breakup, did you feel that lack of friendship circle around you? Was that something that you noticed when you were going through it? So not so much for this breakup, because I think I had that realization before I met this boyfriend. So I definitely was already in the process of nurturing those friends. And I call them tier one friends. Like you really only need like three to four people that like will be there for you in a crisis. You can go to them crying, you know, whatever is happening. You don't need a lot of them. And I already had them in place pre the breakup. But, you know, same as you, even though I had those core friends in place, I went into lockdown with this boyfriend, you know, we were like madly obsessed with each other. It was just such a roller coaster romance that you, you do neglect your friends. Like no matter how much you love them or how important they are to you, like you do neglect them. And maybe that's something now that we will never do again. I actually don't think I ever will do it again. Do you, do you think you will? It's so funny that you're asking this because it's something, you know, it's a kind of a joke between friends when you're like, oh, here you go, another one, another one bites the dust. You know, when, when, you're, in a sing- when you're in a group of friends and you're single and you're so close and you feel that really strong connection and friendship's such a priority. And then someone starts dating someone and it gets serious and you're like, all right, see ya. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not going to see them again. And I honestly feel the same as you. 
because of what I've been through the past few years, I feel like I'll never, ever, ever do it again. But who knows? Because it genuinely happens to everyone. I cannot think of a friend of mine that it's not happened to. I can think of friends that it's happened to on a lesser scale than others, some that have kind of really dropped off the face of the earth and probably will never hear from them again. But in general, I have to say it is a pattern and I really hope that I don't become victim to it. I really don't want to. That's what I'll say is the answer. Yeah. And you're, you're in control. You can break those cycles. It take, all it takes is the awareness to break the yeah. cycle. Like you know that more than anyone. But it is funny that you say that because one of my very best friends has just started dating someone and she was like, my London girl, you know, we were the, one of the very few like 13 single people. And it's like, oh my God, like you, you nearly have a boyfriend. And then that basically means that you're nearly going to get married because in your 30s, everything happens so quickly. And I'm like, you know, obviously I'm so happy for her. I want it to happen and it will happen and I'm thrilled for her. But I'm also like, no, 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 no. Like our friendship is amazing. I need it to stay like this. And I need you to be there for me whenever I need you and to come boxing with me on a Saturday morning like we always do. And it is funny that we just need to learn to like let go of that control mm -hmm. and just flow with it and just maintain consistency and connection, but maybe in a different way than we had before, you know? And I think that's something I want to do, and maybe you'll join me, and this is what this conversation is going to be, is, is to really talk about the harsh truths of friendships in your 30s. Because what you just said, I think, is a harsh truth. And it also is a fear that a lot of single women have. And I know this from my clients as well, you know, who are single women who, like you said, get used to this. And they, they really make the most of their lives. It's not like we're sitting at home waiting for, you know, to be rescued or something. And that's really what I stand for is that we you know set up our lives in our 30s to be whatever we want it to be and to put ourselves yeah in a position to meet someone but also living our lives and just enjoying ourselves but there is that fear there that the friendships that we're going to make at this time aren't going to withstand it or original friendships may not also withstand becoming single and be able to cope with all of these changes and it's true. And I remember specifically a client saying to me, one of my biggest fears is that I'm going to be the last man standing or the last woman standing. And, and there is something, and let's be honest, when our close single friends get into it, start dating, you have this really mixed uh, bag of emotions. You have this feeling of like, wow, I'm so happy for you. Just like you said, I'm so, I'm, you know, genuinely buzzing for them. You know, so excited. But there is this feeling of like, okay, you know, Maybe it won't be the same. And it's really, really hard. And I think that we should say it out loud because people don't. That it's okay that it's hard. It's okay if you feel that you're losing a friend when they go to date someone. Because in a way, you kind of are. Yeah, I just don't think it's spoken about at all, you know? Like, you don't speak to them about it. I haven't mentioned a thing to her about it. And she's like, one of my very best friends. So I think having these discussions are really important. And super into what you've said about like the changing fluctuations of friendships. Like for me, it feels like it's a, a wave or a roller coaster that we need to learn to ride rather than like panicking and either holding on or dropping off because I don't know about you, but for me, some of my very closest friends during lockdown kind of all got pregnant and had babies at the same time. So our friendship group split in, you know, abstractly down the middle into those with married and with children, those not. And then within the not, there's kind of the people that are engaged or with boyfriend and then the single. So it feels like there's these different groups and learning to navigate them is hard because you need to be your authentic self, but there's a pressure that in each of those groups, 
to be a certain way. It's like if the single ones, you need to kind of be fun and going out and talking about dating. And then with the pregnant ones, it's like you want to be there for them and understand motherhood and support them through whatever they're going through. But perhaps you are not who they would necessarily come to straight away because they have their baby mums and stuff like that. So I think being in your 30s and single, you or I feel sometimes that I'm just floating between different groups, which isn't a bad thing. But again, like we said, we don't talk about how uncomfortable and like sometimes weird and lonely that can feel. Yeah, exactly. I think you just summed it up really perfectly. And that was the topic that we came here to discuss today. One of the topics was, can you maintain friendships with friends who are at different milestones going through the, the you know, different timelines with you know, engagements and, and weddings and babies and moving out of the city and, and all of these things. And I think you just, what you said is really apt and spot on about it can feel really, really lonely. And I'm going to say that I don't think a lot of friendships can be maintained during these times, not to be like kind of a voice of doom, but I think it's all about letting go, like you said, letting go of what the friendship used to be, letting it adapt into something new. But like you said, in the not trying to hold on, not trying to cling on, not trying to make it into something that it's not. And I think that once you actually understand that it's okay to have some friends for some things and it's okay to let go of old friendships that maybe aren't going to withstand the test of time and just to know that it doesn't mean anything about you as a person. And I think what I see the most is when people are trying to grasp, I call it like the graspy thing, trying to grasp onto old friendships, you know, especially friendships from from home, like original friends from when you're growing up. Maybe it's for each person that's different. You know, mine, mine are just friends since I was even in primary school from where I lived and and I kind of have those home friends and then I move country and I have my friends here and my home friends I love them all and they know I always love them and I'm sure some of them listen to this, some of them still follow me on, on Instagram. They're my friends. When I see them, we feel like, you know, we've never, we've never left off where we were, but at the same time, they're married with three kids and live a very, very different life to me. And we have different topics of conversation. We have different interests. We've had different life experiences. And at the end of the day, we don't have so much in common. The one thing we have in common is that we're always going to really love each other and be cheering each other on and, you know, we care about each other. But am I going to invest time and energy into these friendships in the same way that I'm going to invest time and energy into my new friendships, my friendships that I've made in my 30s, the ones that nourish me, the ones that, you know, my tier one friends, as you call them? No, I'm not going to invest the same amount of time. And I think that we need to say out loud that that's okay and make people understand that you don't have to be everyone's best friend for your whole life. And your 30s is a time when it splits and it's okay. Yeah, I think it's so important what you said as well about how we take things really personally. And I think that before you do the work or you get a coach or you go to therapy, our ego just reacts. And if a friendship changes, we take it very personally. And it's like, oh, they don't want to be friends with me anymore. They think this about me. I'm not that. I'm not enough, blah, blah, blah. And like you said, we're able to very easily sit here and say that's not the case because we've done so much self-work. And now I understand that it's okay. Like you said, these things change and flow and it's not a reflection of us and also sometimes you may come back together because maybe in two years we might get married or have kids and then you know one of my very best friends said you know don't worry the second that you get pregnant I have all the answers for you I've gone through everything and and I'm like that makes me feel emotional and warm and fuzzy even just like thinking about it it's that okay well right now we can't connect over that but one day 
your kid might be five and I might have a little one growing in my stomach, but like, you're going to be there to help me. And maybe for some people they won't be there and that's okay because someone else will be. So I love the idea about not taking it personally, not trying to hold on and control out of like a fear-based mentality, because as we both know, and everyone listening, when anything is driven from fear, the outcome is never a positive one. Like it's just never going to fill you up. It's just going to drain you. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think what you just said about the ego is so true because I think what happens is when we feel that we're becoming distant from our friends or our friends are doing different things to us, we feel left behind and then we feel left out of conversations and we feel left out of whatever they're going through. We become a victim and you become a victim of like, oh my God, like, I'm not doing what they're doing. And like you said, we, we think they don't maybe want to be our friends. You know, we're the one always vying for friendship. We're the one trying to get involved. It's not, it's not actually the truth a lot of the time. The truth is just the facts that somebody is doing one thing and therefore wants to be surrounded with people who are doing the same things as her. And another one of us is doing another thing and we want to be surrounded by the things that are of interest to us. Because the truth is, and maybe I can only say this after years and years and years of going through so many different changes in my friendships, but I don't want to talk about, you know, breastfeeding. I don't want to talk about bottles and I don't want to talk about, you know, nap times and schedules and structures. Of, and that's all really nice. And like you said, I'm sure in however many years when I do have kids, that will be of interest to me. I can't imagine that it will, but let's just pretend that it will. <laughs> It will, you know, it will, it will, it will one day. I think everything, I think everything changes and feels right when you're there. But yeah, I agree yeah. right now you're like, can't imagine that really being super stimulating or exciting conversation. Though. Yeah. But for some reason, for some reason, it will be at one, at one point in my life. And, and it's okay. And it's to get out of that victim and choose it, you know, say, I'm actually not going to go to that brunch today with my friends who are all going and I'm the only one that doesn't have a baby. And it's not because I don't love them or want to be with them, but it's better to spend one-on-one time with each of those uh, friends or the ones that I feel connected to. And I don't need to be in a group. And I learned this the hard way because I know that some of our listeners, you know, I'm 34. So a lot of my friends did get married quite young, my, my home friends back in London, and they have got, you know, two or three kids now. But when I was 27 and they all got married and it was the wedding conversation now, that was really, really hard. Being someone single when all of your friends are getting married in the same year and it's just, I had 13 weddings in one year and it was every single weekend was a bachelorette party, sorry, a hen party. It was, or like an engagement drinks or it was the husband or fiance's birthday or their birthday. It was a lot of events, all the wedding obviously. And it was really intense. And I think that I felt like because it was the hype of the wedding stuff, which is all very new. So I'm speaking to any listener here who's, you know, their friends have just started getting married and it's kind of the first thing and it's really exciting and very hyped up. It's very hard to set those boundaries because you feel a lot of guilt about not being the best friend who is there for the other person. And I think that it's really important to remember that even if you feel that guilt, you can still set boundaries. You don't have to go to every event. You can tell your friends that sometimes it triggers you. You can have open conversations about it. And I think that people don't do it enough because they get so nervous of losing the friend. They get so nervous of being that person, you know, the person that's going to cause the trouble around the time of the wedding. But I think we forget that sometimes when we don't address it head on and when we don't set boundaries and we don't, you know, check in with ourselves and really ask those questions and have those conversations, the resentment that comes afterwards is actually worse than just having the conversation in the first place. 
I agree. And I'm like the biggest fan of JOMO, which is the opposite of FOMO. Like I actually get joy of missing out because I, you know, I'm also sober. So bachelorette parties, hen do's, weddings, they are excruciatingly painful for me because they are very long events that everyone else is getting very drunk at. And often you're sat next to strangers, maybe that you don't know or whatever. And I don't drink. So it is more of a painful experience sometimes painful is probably a bit of an aggressive word but you know what I mean it can be a little bit more uncomfortable and so I agree it's all about setting boundaries where I am very good at saying I'm gonna come um, I'll check in for a couple of hours and then I'll probably bounce or like you said if it's like a whole like a Saturday afternoon thing and everyone's there with all their babies I mean I would probably go but I think that if I didn't want to, I just wouldn't and I'd say I'd love to reconnect next week can we do something whatever and you know my friends are really good like I'm happy for the babies to come I like babies I'm happy for them to be around but it does impact your friendship like I remember I went to Selfridges recently with a good friend and her little girl and we just literally did not talk because every time we started to have a conversation the girl would like cry smash something throw something on the floor need to be entertained and I just left being like wow, that was literally the biggest waste of three hours of my life. You know, half an hour travel, half an hour back. And the rest of the time, like just basically not getting anything out of this person. So I think you're right. It's okay to, in today's time poor society, be like, I love you so much. Can we get some quality time in? Maybe your husband could take the baby. Maybe there could be some childcare. But you feel so guilty saying that because you feel like it's like saying, I hate your baby. (laughs) And obviously you don't hate their baby. It's just like, you want the time to be quality time with the two of you. So I think be vocal about that, be honest and just be kind and gentle. Just yeah. that's the way to approach it. Kind and gentle, not like a bone in China shop. Yeah. And just also understand that most of the time, the mums, our friend, our mum friends also probably do want the time apart. There's almost this like mm-hmm. little dance that you do. They also probably want to get away from the baby and leave it with the husband, but they feel like maybe like, oh, do you not want to get to know? I, f- I always feel this weird thing that maybe my friends feel not nice that I don't know their child and they want me to maybe connect with them. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want to connect with them, but also I really just rather have a conversation where you don't have one eye all the time on your baby and not focusing on the conversation. And there's like this kind of like weird thing where you're like, what's the right thing? What's the wrong thing? And the truth is, there's nothing's right or wrong. And isn't it better for a friendship, like you said, to just spend quality time together and not have to, you know, do that? That is literally one of like the most powerful things I think that has been said on this whole podcast so far, which is that exactly that. My my friends often don't want to bring the baby. Like they leave the baby at home with the dad, with the childcare, with the mum, whatever. But actually, then I'm with them. But then I feel bad that I'm not spending time with the child and. Yeah, it's such a complex like thing to navigate. And I think that actually, yeah, you've just made me realize you just need to have that conversation and say, you know, because one of my very best friends, I've only met her child once in, you know, nine months since it's been born because of lockdown, because of whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then when I did meet her, she stayed for five minutes and then the dad took her, which was great because I got to see my friend and got to spend quality time with her. But then I was like, oh my goodness, like I hope she's not going to go home thinking, oh, Louise has only spent five minutes with my baby in the last nine months. So you're so right. I think just having those conversations around these uncomfortable things is where to start. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm just laughing at my, uh, when you were speaking, thinking about, you know, some of my friends, because obviously I live, I live abroad and I haven't met some of their babies and also because of lockdown and, and everything. But I have like a list on my phone of all their babies' names because I don't remember all their babies' names. And it's so funny when they sometimes they message me or something, I'm on the phone and then I can't find the list and I'm like, what's the baby's name? <laughs> 
honestly hilarious. One of my friends messaged me the other day being like, let's play a game of guess the baby's face. And she would just send me pictures of our friend's babies and I'd have to guess. And I was quite good at it, to be fair. But like, then when I did it back, she like did, she just could not tell the difference. And then she was like, she's like, is it just me? Or are these babies just growing up like so fast? Like, how are they growing up so fast? And I was like, also a valid point. Like it's going very quickly. Like it's life is fast. Yeah. And just like you said, so, uh, so many people, friends had babies in lockdown and I didn't even know that some of them were, were pregnant. And it's like all of a sudden now, uh, when I go back to Manchester and I'm like, oh, you've had another baby. And it's, you know, it's all sorts of things. And then you get the awkward kind of like, oh, he or she's so cute. And, and I'm not very, I feel like you're better with babies than I am. I'm, I'm not very good at navigating the baby talk. Do you think, and this is the question that you asked on your story yesterday uh, when we were talking about this collaboration that we're doing, do you think it is possible to be very close friends with people who are going through, like, for example, friends that are getting married, friends that are having babies, friends that are just completely focused on different things? So I think yes, for me, which I think is a slightly different answer to you. And that's because one of my yeah two of my very best friends have babies one of them has got married and um the other one is pregnant and i would say we still have the same friendships as we did before but it takes concerted effort to you know keep it like that and also because i'm very busy sometimes i'll like forget to message them and realize oh my god i haven't seen you so it really comes down to consistency and communication Mm -hmm. but i also think it's okay to say no actually this isn't you know for me personally yes, the things are the same. And I think that it's because, because I don't drink and because I don't really party anymore, I don't miss that side of them. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I'm seeing it around me is that have another friend who is almost like grieving or like resenting all these changes because she's losing her good time girls. She's losing her friends that would just hop on a plane and go to Ibiza with her. She's losing the ones that would be out in the nightclubs with her. So if you are big into going out and partying, yeah, I think it's really going to impact your friendship. And I would say, yeah, I don't think you're going to have the same friendship. For me, it's easier because my time that I spend with people is one-on-one brunches, coffees, walks in the park, exercise classes. But if you are someone that has big dinners, big nights out, yeah, I think it's going to change. And I don't think you're going to be able to keep it up in the same way you did before. And that's okay. It's sad, but it's okay. Yeah, I think I agree. I think the answer is... Your closest, closest friends, if you have friends who are your friends from childhood, if you have friends, you know, from university, from early 20s working, if they're really, really your true friends, your friendship can survive it, but it just changes. The friendship itself changes. The love is still there and the care is still there and all of those things, but the actual friendship itself is in a different wrapping paper. And I think it's really important to know that and understand that. And for me... Because when I was 26, 27, so many of my friends got engaged and got married all in a similar time in a few years, I learned that the hard way that the friendships do change. And it made me at the time, I wouldn't say less close, but it made me have more, you know, internal feelings about them. Now at this point, I never discovered therapy. It was pre pre being a coach. I was still, you know, someone who liked to journal and look at my thoughts and things, but I was never really into it processing emotions and since starting therapy and coaching when I was around 29 I can say that I would have really really would have really helped me (laughs) during this time and going through such huge changes in friendships to have that support and to have somebody to even just bounce off and to know that it's okay that my friends are doing different things I think that was really 
something that I can say I would have really appreciated and been grateful for at that at that specific age and I think that in general a really important message that I like to put in my in my business and everything I do in my content is that it's okay as we said for friendships to change and it's also okay to make new friends based on where you are in your life right now and it's okay if they're not associated at all with anything from your previous life it's okay if they're not connected to your previous friends and it's okay if they are your single friends or your work friends or what I call sometimes your convenience friends because we all need them and you mentioned loneliness before when we don't have these friends it does become very lonely and no one should be feel lonely if you can find your people find your tribe find a community that matches where you are in your life right now then that's what you should do I agree totally. I've got two things to say here. The first thing I have to say is that it's also okay for it to be incredibly awkward making new friends as an adult. You know, we're not 18, excuse my language, shit faced in a club anymore. Like you have to have proper conversations. You don't know anything about the other person. We've all gone through stuff that make us who we are. And it is uncomfortable at the beginning to get to know someone, but do not let that put you off because what is on the other side of a bit of discomfort is potentially a deeply rewarding amazing friendship that is just going to literally fill you up and you're going to be at the same points and time in your life and the second thing that I want to say here is like you said it's really important to vocalize how you feel very gently to people around you and I'm going to give you an example here is that one of my very closest friends who was my business partner she's been around for 10 years she's now married She lives very close to me though. And I said to her, you know, I just don't have that many single friends. And sometimes I feel a bit lonely, blah, blah, blah. And because of that, when I went to her wedding, she made an active effort, you know, at the Hindu, at the wedding to introduce me to her single friends. So she'd be like, you know, she's single, wink, wink, you know, nudge, nudge, like very gently kind of putting me in that direction, being like, you should be friends. And actually now I've become, and we're going to get into this, into how to make new friends. But now, you know, on Valentine's Day, I went out for dinner with all of her single female friends and she wasn't even there. And I didn't even think to message her to be like, Hey, are you okay with me doing this? Cause I was like, of course she's okay with me doing this. Like this is exactly what she wants me to be doing. And it was a Monday night, Valentine's day. And I was sat there eating pizza with some single ladies like laughing. And I was like, I feel so filled up and warm. And I don't even know some of you that well, but this is exactly what I should be doing rather than being sat at home you know, not crying. I would never cry about it been Valentine's Day, but just being like, ah, on my own, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So yeah, vocalize it to people around you and just, you never know where or who they might be able to introduce you to that could be a new friend. And I think that there's something that I, I'm so grateful that I've been single at this age. Really, I never expected to go through a big breakup after so many years and be single in my 40, 40s, my God, 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, but to be single at this point, I think that there's something really special about women in their 30s who are single coming together and having shared experiences because we've all been through shit. We've all been through big breakups. We've all been through big friendship things. We've all got careers that we want to talk about and exciting things going on. And the friendships that I've made since my breakup are so amazing. Like really, I'm not saying they're better than or they're just different to my other friendships, but the connections that you make at this age are so much better than any connection that I made when I was shit-faced in a club at university at the age of 20. Really, I have to say, and I also 
not, I'm not a big party girl. I don't drink a lot. And I, my friendships are very authentic. They're very made over dinners and, and evenings in. And, you know, even I've, I've been remote working. So I meet a lot of people when I'm away. And I feel like I'm so happy and grateful that I got the chance to live this part of my life as a single woman, to meet other single women who are so inspiring and who are so, I feel so deeply connected to. And I think people who are listening who feel that still are in that victim mode of maybe you're going through a breakup and you're feeling lonely or lack of friends, know that it is possible to make new friends. And those friendships can be really, really meaningful and really uplifting. Oh, not only is it possible to make new friends in your 30s, but it's revolutionary. You know, if we just take sort of two of my very, very, very best friends, one of them I met in LA at the back end of my 20s, and probably the same for my other one in London. And those are two of the most integral friendships in my life. And then the third one that I met at this Hindu that I mentioned, you know, we might be going to Tulum together next month. And it's just like, they're revolutionary. Don't be scared or thinking, you know, because unlike you, I don't have a lot of friends from my childhood or from my teenage years. My friends start from university onwards. So I, even though I had amazing friends at school, we are not close. And actually the reason we're not close is because like you said at the beginning of the episode, I fell in love for the first time ever, neglected all of them. They all went off on their gap year together. I went off with him you know, obviously that ended in tears and then I'd lost my friends and my boyfriend. So we're not going to go into that today, but I do just want to say to anyone that's listening, don't worry if you don't have those teenage friendships or school friends, because I I literally do not. Like all my friends are from university onwards and that is also okay. Like I think we hold, and I actually think I hold some shame around it. I'm like, feel shameful that I'm not friends with them still or maybe, you know, think, oh, they must think this of me or they must think that of me. And actually after doing this work, I can let that go and I can just focus on the now and who I do have around me rather than the big hole of who is not there. So I love that. Yeah, these friendships can just be revolutionary. And I think what's really interesting is that we both come together and we're obviously similar age, similar situation, and we have different friends from different places. And like you said, you don't necessarily have those home friends. You have all your university friends. I have my home friends. I don't have university friends because I did go to university, but I went with all my friends and I made like one new friend and I'm not spoken <laughs> to her for a few years. So it's like, you know, I literally, and I had a university boyfriend who I became my then kind of focus. And isn't it funny just to hear and see the different dynamics and just to know that there's no formula for friendship. And I think that maybe we grow up thinking that there is, that you should always have your friends from school and then your friends from here and then your friends from work and then you're going to get married at this age and you're going to have your friends from your husband or your partner and it's bullshit you have friends in your life because you connect with them you share the same values you just have a good time with them they're there for you it's mutual that's friendship it's not about who like where you met them or I really think that's true and I'm happy that we're having these this conversation to understand how different our friendship circles are I agree. I think it's so complimentary and I couldn't agree with you more. There is no formula to friendship. You know, I have friends that I've gone backstage at Post Malone with and I've had friends that I've randomly gone to a Taylor Swift concert with and, you know, then I don't see them again for two years. And then I've got my friends that I talk to every single day. And then I've got my best friend in LA and another friend in Canada who I only see twice a year. There is no formula for friendship. It's about what do you need and who can fill that up? And can you make sure that you can give back to them what they need? Because also 
just because you need something in a friendship doesn't mean that they need it. So case in point, I love my best friends to be able to like analyze intellectually and emotionally what's going on in a situation because that's the way that my brain works. Quite intelligent, very emotionally aware. So I like, to, I like them to help me analyze. I think this means that. My psychology means this. But that doesn't mean that they want that in return. So I need to, you know, I spent some time being like, what do you want from a friendship? Oh, okay, you want love and consistency. You don't need me to break down the psychology of why you feel that way when that guy hasn't texted me back or texted you back. So I think that's another great point is working out what do you want in your friendships and what do they want? And then you can make sure you build something that together is just like beautiful and flourishing and really nourishing rather than it kind of being this like, uh, give and take, give and take, or not quite meeting in the middle. This, this is gold, what you're just saying now. And I think really what it is, is that each of your friendships can fulfill a different role. I have one best friend who we just have exactly the same sense of humor. We both have dog. We're both, uh, we're both dog mums. We love the same clothes. We just have a laugh together and we're super there for each other as well emotionally, but she's not necessarily my friend who, like you said, we're going to spend seven hours in a deep, you know, yeah. existential conversation. And then I have another friend who's also been my best friend since childhood. We do have those existential conversations and we talk about things that maybe I don't speak to with other people. And then I have another really close friend who I've just made in the past year who's become a best, best friend because we're both single. And, you know, funnily enough, she, and this is an example of what we're going to talk about now about making new friends. She has two children. She's divorced. And I think it's really interesting because what you said before is we knew each other from when we were younger and we weren't necessarily friends, but we, we, we knew who each other were. And then she reached out to me via Instagram and we started speaking basically over, the, over a period of time and then realized that we were both single at the same time and had gone through these breakups and she's got two kids, but we have so much in common because we're both dating and we're both in that place of talking about being single and just lifting each other up. And I think it's just so important to remember that your friendships have different roles that chop and change over time. And communication, like you said, and just even communication with yourself to clarify who that friend is for you is really important. And maybe that's some homework for everyone that they can write a list of their friends and write, you know, the values that they share with them, or maybe just even a description of the friendship and why it means so much to them to get clarity on it. Yeah, absolutely love that. I think that is so important. And you're right, you know, I have a great friend who has a baby and he's maybe two now. Goodness, I don't know. And if she's listened to this, she's probably going to be offended. Tie back to exactly what you said at the beginning of the episode. I actually have no idea how old he is, let's be totally honest. But, you know, she's now starting a new business and it's like, great, we connect over that. So yeah, there are different reasons for every single friendship. And actually, you're right, identifying what they are is like a really beautiful way to actually just invest more in it being that kind of friendship rather than trying to hit all of the touch points of a friendship because that's not possible. We don't have enough time to do that for everyone and we don't want to do that with everyone. Yeah. And popular culture shows us that, you know, when we watch rom-coms and movies and stuff that the best friend should be everyone in the same way that it says that your partner should be everything. And it's just not true. It's impossible. You just can't be. Right. Let's move on. And I've just got up my... Uh, story from yesterday where I asked what do you want to know about friendships and let me tell you every time I post stories about friendships I get the most amount of questions and responses and basically the bottom line is people want to know how do you make new friends at this age and I'm going to read some of the other things for you and then we're going to dive into it 
How do you meet friends in your 30s if you don't have children? Making new friends on your wavelength that doesn't involve joining a sports team. <laughs> this is a good question. Dealing with married friends and children, with children who don't acknowledge your life as a singleton and never ask questions about your life because you've not settled down. A few other questions, but also severely introverted here. How do you make friends as an adult? So I think we've both established and we've spoken about it a lot that we are both big believers that you can make friends in your 30s. Not only can you, but you should, and it's the best thing ever. But let's dive into how. Yeah, well, I think the first thing is, it sounds so obvious, but to make new friends, you have to put yourself out there. You know, it's like that phrase, Mr. Right is not going to come sweep you off sweep you up off the sofa on a Friday night when you're watching Netflix. And I mean, I literally wish you would, but it is, it is true. You have to put yourself out there. So I think you need to become more of a yes person, not yes to everything, aware that you only have a finite amount of emotional and physical bandwidth, but just say yes to situations where you might be likely to meet new people. And it can also be online, put yourself out there. You know, if someone messages you or you find someone that your friend posts or whatever, follow them, you know, don't be afraid to message them. And I say this, like my resolution for 2022 is if you don't ask, you don't get, because I cannot tell you what happens if you just send a message. And yes, nine out of 10 people might not reply. Who cares? It takes one person to reply, one job interview, one boy, one girl, one friend, anything. And it changes your life. So put yourself out there. I have a question for you, because I have a, I wanted to say this before. But have you made friends through Instagram and through on, online? Is that something that's been new friendships for you? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but a hundred percent. Like I, I know, I know that I have. Or we'd follow each other and then we'd end up meeting in person. And yeah, they are. I think it's a really legitimate way to not only meet friends but also meet potential partners today. And I don't think we should, you know, turn on our nose up at it and be like, oh, that's so weird that you met on Instagram. You know, that is exactly how it is and it's just part of today's technologically based society like let's lean into it rather than like be embarrassed by it yeah I've made loads of friends over the past few years I think also because of my coaching because I do everything via my Instagram but I've genuinely have friends who some of them used to coach me or then we were coaching colleagues in like a course that we were doing who I've not met them but we actually speak all the time. I have a friend who is a fellow coach and she's based in Florida. We speak once a month. We have a coaching catch up. I feel like I know her for, from the past few years so, so well. I have another friend who's in Boston. I have, honestly, I have friends all over. And I also have friends, clients that became friends after we finished working together. And I've met, I actually went back to the UK in, last summer and um, did get the chance to meet, finally meet some in person. But you can make friends in the least conventional ways these days and there's no judgment around it. Yeah. And there's me saying, oh, I can't think of any examples. I literally have two examples. So the friend that I mentioned from Canada, she's a health professional, like a nutritionist, amazing Chinese medicine practitioner. So I found her on Instagram, followed her, was blown away by it, started DMing her. Fast forward six to 12 months, we met in Tulum. We both flew to Tulum and we met in Tulum same thing. I'm going back to Tulum, which is weird next month. And a friend, a coach, an amazing coach that I met online who lives in New York is going to fly in for the weekend and we're going to spend the weekend together. And for, I understand that if you are very, very shy and we can come onto that question now, you know, very, very introverted and shy that that is probably your worst nightmare. And you know, yes, it is a bit nerve wracking. Yes. I was a little bit nervous before doing it thinking, God, this could be awful. But if you have spoken to them enough, 
and you set boundaries so for example like oh let's get our own bedrooms so you can have time on your own you don't have to share a bed with someone basically say you know I'm going to be working when I'm there or just meet for a coffee you know if you're in the same city or country I think you just have to put yourself out there because you know they not only can they become great friends but I'm now doing lots of business with my friend the the health practitioner and you know, one day maybe we'll do business, start a business together. So I just think you have to put yourself out there, particularly online. Yeah, I really love that. I think it's just really valid. And it's something that I've experienced myself so much in the past few years. Tell me as well, we will talk about in, in a moment about the, if you are more introvert, how to make friends. But how else have you made friends in your 30s? Okay, so first of all, the gym is a big one for me. I find it's like a great social community. It's very easy and normal to talk to people afterwards. Um, Secondly is having a dog, because when your dog runs up to someone, you start speaking to them, you know, with it not being awkward or it being weird. Uh, A third way is friends of friends, which is the obvious, you know, through actively saying, like, do you know anyone who is going through this or might want to hang out with me, um, but also just going to events where friends of friends are. And the fourth way I would say is also, you know, when a friend gets a new girlfriend, that's a new potential friend there. And just this weekend, I met such a lovely person on a night out and she brought along her friend who is a child psychologist. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you're single, you're in your thirties and you're a child psychologist. Like this is right up my- made in heaven. <laughs> I feel like I potentially made two new friends this weekend. And I'm going to message them both because it's also very easy to not follow up on the friendship, not speak to them again and not hang out with them. So it goes back to the point of just put yourself out there. there. What about you? Do you think, how have you found yours, made new friends, et cetera, et cetera? So the dog thing is very true. I think the dog thing for me isn't necessarily making new friends, but more just making me more sociable. Like when I walk around my area with my dog, I'm always, you know, she's always stopping to say hi to another dog. And then I, Actually, just before I recorded this, the hottest guy ever and his dog were just outside my apartment. And then I, then a car came and, and we had to uh, separate. And I was like, no, where did you go? It's a really good way to meet men. So everyone who is single should get a dog. I agree. And just walk around, roam the streets with them. But yeah, so the dog thing helps just in general to create an atmosphere of openness and really helps me with that, you know, the social anxiety of just saying hi to people on the street. I actually recently made a good new friend in the dog park which was just, I saw this girl and we started chatting and we just swapped numbers and she lives around the corner. I've just moved to a new area. So that was amazing. So definitely pet related. For me, I've remote traveled a lot in the past two years. So whenever I go away, I've really made an effort to meet new people. And you're in situations where there are also a lot of people who are solo traveling. There are a lot of people who are also looking to meet people people in general are more open when they're away I met I've just been to Mexico to meet up with two friends who I met in Costa Rica the year before and it was such a coincidence how we met one of them was we sat next to each other on a bus literally for five minutes like it could not have been quicker and I took her Instagram and we we both said afterwards we just felt like we really clicked and a few days later after this five minute meeting, I was sitting in my hotel room and I was alone in the new, in the new place I was. And I was like, I'm just going to message her and put myself out there. And I said, do you want to get a coffee? And she was like, yeah, why not? I met her. And then she had a group of friends who happened to, to be there. We went to meet them. One of those friends was on a Tinder date with a girl who we just already clicked with. They have now become best, best friends. They basically have traveled and lived together throughout the whole of last year. And they were living together in Mexico and I went to meet them. One of them became my client. Like, it, it, the whole thing's ridiculous. But, you know, just to go back to your point, 
I almost didn't send that message. I almost just said, oh, I'll just spend the night in. I'll just work on some, some things in my business and maybe I'll FaceTime a friend. And I said, no, I'm going to put myself out there. So I love that. Yeah. I also think for tying onto that point, you know, work for me is a big one. I have met a lot of people on projects where you work with them. And when I put stuff out on my story last night before we were prepping for this, I got a lot of people back saying work, work, work. Mm. And I think that, you know, that's a great one as well. It's really, really easy to come across like-minded people. I mean, you're in the same career, you're interested in the same things. And I think that, yeah, work is a good one. But ultimately, wherever you meet these people, whether it's the gym, you know, and maybe it can be the nightclub, you know, it's probably a more slim chance, but it's not to say it can't happen. And I think it can happen literally anywhere. And like you said, you have to put yourself out there. You made that phone call. My friend, when I was in LA, he said, you have to meet this girl. And neither of us did. And then he messaged again saying, no, you have to meet her. And so we finally went for dinner or coffee. And she's literally one of my best friends ever. Even though she lives in LA, we talk every single day. Like just put yourself out there, whatever the situation it's also about following the intuition and knowing, and that's what's the amazing thing about friends in your thirties is that you know who you are. So you trust yourself more. So usually that makes you a better judge of character. Now I feel like that's a whole separate podcast episode about, you know, maybe friendships that don't work out in the way that you want, or maybe aren't necessarily the perfect friendships. But I do think that it's all about really being able to feel if this person is like almost vibrating at the same frequency as you. And you're right, work is a big one for me as well. You're usually on a similar page to people that you work with because you're in similar positions and you have similar interests for sure. And the last thing, I have lots of different ways, but I'm aware of the time. The last thing that I would say has been important for me making friends is finding community. And I'm, I'm not going, and I know you have that at the gym and I kind of have it with yoga. You know, I've met people through a yoga studio, but I think it's community that, for, any, for every single person, it looks different. So for example, I've created the, my community, which is called The Next Chapter. It's a, a course and a community experience for women who are in their 30s who are struggling with this. And I think that um, it's become such a dream and a mission of mine to bring these women together because we're all struggling with the same thing, but we're all like dotted all over the world. Literally, I have clients from everywhere. And when we come together and we have that shared thing, it just feels so much less lonely. So I've met people through my courses that I've also been part of and now I'm creating it for other women in their 30s. I think it's so important to just, I always say it sounds really cheesy, but find your tribe, like genuinely find the people who you're deeply connected with and you form friendships with them. And it starts offline and we met up in person last year and we're going to continue meeting. I'm doing a retreat this year and I feel like it's just such a, such a good way to, to make new friends. I love that. And I think that, you know, I've got two final points here, which is that it's okay if you only make one or two new friends, you know, like you said about finding people you vibrate with, that you align with, that you feel safe with for your nervous system, for who you are and what you've gone through is not easy to find. So it's okay if you only make one or two new friends, like, you know, that can be absolutely huge. And I think just tying back to the point around how do you make new friends if you are really, really introverted, which you touched upon, I think that I've probably got two final points here. And one of them is exactly what you said, is that if you are very introverted or very shy, maybe starting, you know, by connecting with someone online is a much easier way to do that rather than having to go and meet people in person. So yeah, these community spaces are amazing. And I think my final point on that, just because I'm also aware of the time, is 
that if you are very shy, ask a friend, do you have anyone that you think I should be friends with? And then the three of you could go for dinner. You, your friend that you feel safe and comfortable with, and the new friend, you know, it will reduce the awkwardness and it will just make you feel more, more safe and comfortable. So for that person that asks you that question, you know, I think online or in small, safe, intimate spaces is a really good place to start. 100% because I think some people don't want to go and be part of a big community and we spoke about this as well that both of us even though we are introverted in some ways we're not shy necessarily when we're like in a group of people but I know so many people are and I think the advice that you just gave there is brilliant because you don't have to really put yourself out there in a really dramatic way in order to make friends it can be a lot more authentic so thank you so much Lou I've really really enjoyed this I feel like we could literally chat for like hours and hours and end about it maybe that'll have to be a part two so yeah. much more to say <laughs> yes we will I mean I've loved this like I just needed a bit of girl talk you know like this yeah. was exactly what I needed so thank you so much for your time as well and I feel like we'll definitely do a follow-on I think we have so much to say and even just being in this space I'm like great I feel heard she understands me she's on the same page and I think that that ultimately is the energy that this whole podcast is trying to communicate and we've actually just like shown it in practice is that we don't really know each other. We're online friends. We haven't spent a lot of time talking to each other, but we have so much in common. So hopefully that just shows everyone exactly what we're trying to communicate in today's episode. Oh, what a way to end. It's completely, completely true. Like I feel like I've known you for so long, even though we've obviously never actually sat down before and had a really long conversation. So very, very apt and very true. Where can listeners find out about you if they just want to look at your podcast and know a little bit more? Yes, so I'll get you to link it in the show notes. Um, But you can find my podcast is called Open House with Louise Rumble. And you can find me on Instagram at I am Louise Rumble, which is R-U-M-B-A-L-L. But spelling aside, you can link it so people don't have to worry about trying to find I will link it. And for any of your listeners who are listening, if you want to find me, I'm my Instagram handle is at turning30coach. The 30 is the numbers and the same as my website as well. And my podcast is the Turning 30 Podcast. And thank you again so, so much. And I'm looking forward to chatting again soon. Me too. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.